Tubals in a China Shop is brought to you by these great companies that are giving us money to let you listen to their stuff. Bullshit, Kyle. We make this show. We make this show. You and me. Tubals in a China Shop is brought to you by us. <laughs> Someone's got to pay the bills, Dan, because it's not our trading. <laughs> <laughs> All right, roll them. You are listening to an entertainment program put together by a company called Financial Ineptitude. Anything said on this show is not an endorsement or professional advice. Would you really want to tell a court of law you were suing us because you thought taking financial advice from two idiots on a podcast put out by Financial Ineptitude was a good idea? Really? Clown hats on your face. Well, hello and welcome, everyone. Welcome to the China Shop. So glad you're here today. I'm shopkeeper Dan. With me, as always, is Kyle, creator of FinancialNeptitude.com. How are you doing today, Kyle? What's going on, Dan? Are you okay? I'm way more into this than usual. <laughs> oh, God, I know why. I know uh, why. <laughs> I, I'm just filled with positive energy today. You know, uh, I've been carrying around a new energy crystal, been saying my prayers. I completely forgot about that. Yeah, <laughs> it's all working for me. Uh, well, let's see if we can drag that out as much as possible. Right, right. <laughs> Come on into the shop with us today, folks. Sit back, relax, hedge against the rage machine. We'd love to welcome any new listeners just joining us. We're here smashing our way through a complete set of fine china sharing those ever-growing strategies for trying to maximize gains and cut losses. If you are new to the shop and stock trading in general, you can always check out our knowledge and resource centers on financialneptitude.com, or you can give one of our many beginning trading episodes a listen. We'll have all of those links down in the episode description for you, but the best place to we-, we think to be is our Discord server. Totally free. We get on there every day. It's just a really, really awesome place to be. Also, too, if... Uh- I think there's a lot of people that have been joining recently. Not uh, not everybody seems to feel comfortable posting with the group. Uh, if anybody has questions that they want to ask us, you can always DM us. I'm, I'm usually pretty good at answering those pretty fast. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely open to that. Yeah. No, no need to be shy. Yeah, everyone's pretty friendly. The other thing, oh, when you, when you do join that server, yes, that's right. Send us a DM with uh, your your mailing address, and we'll we'll go ahead and send you some smash it yourself swag straight from the shop. And you have our word that those addresses will not be sold to anything. Yes, because I don't even have them, and I would be the greedy SOB that would sell them. You would. I am the one who's <laughs> against. I'm so over junk mail. I do not want to contribute to that problem. <laughs> See, and and I and I just consider. Uh, I mean, first of all, I, I wouldn't sell anybody's fucking mailing no. addresses. But uh, I also consider mail to be so archaic. It's like if it's not a package, I don't want to see it. I would really like to just brick up my mailbox and do everything electronically, but <laughs> apparently you can't do that. No, you're not allowed. You're not allowed. Oh, we're just really glad everyone's here. We have a lot of fun. It's always better with friends. Can we short the postal service? Can we short the... <laughs> yeah, why isn't the post office publicly traded? What the hell? Yeah, right. <laughs> oh. Hey, Kyle, we got any uh, show news going on? Uh, yes. We finished recording with Harold Vanderlin Vanderlin last week, yeah. uh, author of Asia Stock Markets from the Ground Up. It was a really good conversation. Uh, look for that coming out this Wednesday. Next week, we've got Derek Oldensmith, a veteran trader we'll be uh, sitting down with. And we have Jared Bibler coming the week after that uh, for part two. Ooh. He's the author of Iceland Secret, another good book that I would recommend people check out. Uh, and then uh, after that, we've got Cody Willard. I'm really excited for this one. He's a former CNN Fox anchor, hedge fund manager. Manager, and he's the, currently the leader of the SKTL cryptocurrency project, which is a space-based token that's uh, set to drop on, I think it's May 6th. So our episode will come out just a couple days before that. Oh, wow. Yes. That's exciting as hell. Right? Yeah. So getting some really good guests coming in. If anybody wants to submit questions, uh, jump in the Discord. There's a channel in there, or you can just DM them to me directly. Yeah. Is there also a channel in there that it lists uh, which guests are upcoming, or, or is that on the website? Uh, I put that in there. Uh, let's see where the channel is. Upcoming guests. Yeah, there's a whole channel just dedicated just for that information. All right. Well, today we got lots of market-moving news, plenty of stocks on the radar, and more options than the random stock Twitter account has followers. Shit. Does that mean I need to actually set that up this weekend? <laughs> <laughs> no, the joke is it's got a ton of followers. God. It doesn't yet. I haven't made it. <laughs> Well, it's going to it's gonna get more followers than us. I'll show you. Right. Well, promise I'll have that up uh, before this episode drops. 
uh, reach out to us. We do love those messages and comments on Twitter and Facebook and on the Discord. If you're old school, you can send us an email to number two bulls at financialineptitude.com. That's the number two. Uh, or you can give us a phone call to 725-22-BULLS. Maybe you got a hot stock tip. Maybe you want to tell us about a great trade you just made. Or maybe you and your coworkers down in South America, in the jungles. Predator. One but Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Too easy. Yeah, I should have done it from the Predator's perspective. It doesn't matter <laughs> what the reason is. We just love it when you reach out. <laughs> Kyle, Kyle, can we talk about the bet now? Can we talk about the bet? Uh, no, don't we have anything else to talk about? Don't I have consequences to give you? Oh, shit. Maybe I'll shit. let you have your moment, and then I'll just bring you back down to earth. Uh, no, I think you can give the consequences first, because then I can have my moment to remind you that yours are coming. Oh, no, no. Okay, yeah, maybe I should do mine first, because that way you know, and you got it on your brain. Maybe I'll go easier on you when I see yeah, how bad yeah. the deficit is. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Well, I'll go. Okay. I'll go first since I lost a lot of money. I think I was the biggest loser of the week, actually. Yeah. Uh, AMD uh, opened up the week right at the top at 109.97, which is really nice of it. I hit my stop over the coming week at 103. So my total is down at 468.31. Almost hit my rebuy trigger at 100, but didn't quite get that low. Uh, I did load up a couple calls going into the close uh, Friday. So I am still bullish on AMD, or at least. the structure is not necessarily bullish, but I do expect to see some support at 100. So mm. I think it's worth taking a shot at, but I don't think it'll be my bet pick anymore. <laughs> Love hate relationship, AMD. Fucker. Love, right? <laughs> well, <sighs> okay. Yeah, let's hear it. I, uh, I picked a meme stock that did the thing meme stocks do. Uh, I got into ATER and it uh, opened the week at $2.52. Shot up like a bullet. Mm. I got my uh, take half profit the first day, Ugh. locked in, and then uh, uh, Wednesday I got stopped out. Yeah, <laughs> I did get stopped out Wednesday, but it was fifteen uh, percent from the top, uh, which at the time was uh, four dollars and change. So I got stopped out at three sixty two. Uh, it did finish the week even higher. It touched five dollars, or it touched uh, sorry four ninety three. So it could have been worse. Came up and almost touched $5. Yeah, if it hadn't had that big swing down, I really would have. Yeah, I could have bought a house with the, the gains in APR. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I ended the week at $634.25. So, oh, ouch. <laughs> all I got to do is I keep got to keep betting on the, the one of those treasury ETFs that don't move. Right, yeah, just buy <laughs> treasury yield. <laughs> <laughs> Can you, can you invest in bonds? <laughs> uh, how did random do? Uh, random did not. Random did more like I did, less like its usual self. Uh, picked Amazon. <laughs> uh, started out the week, uh, or Amazon opened the week at thirty two eighty two fifty. So random was able to buy, I think, point one five shares. Uh, closed <laughs> at thirty eighty nine point two one. So random is now sitting at four hundred seventy dollars and fifty six cents. I'm actually behind random still. Okay. So what are those uh, consequences you got for me, Kyle? The one that I really, okay. I like the devious ones. I like the ones that kind of just annoy you, but annoy you over time. I know. One of the ones that I was tossing around that I really like the idea of is I want you to do, I assume you've been sitting on consequences for months waiting for a chance to give me something, right? You you would think so. You would think so. Uh, I would like you to take that and you do that yourself whatever consequence i have for you yes the one that you're planning on giving me after you win this month i want (sighs) you to do that (laughs) kyle you're not gonna believe me but i don't have one what you haven't been stewing on this no i'm so browbeaten kyle i don't even consider the possibility of winning anymore (laughs) (laughs) all right option two when was the last time you cut your fingernails last time i cut my fingernails yesterday okay perfect uh, you can't do that anymore for the rest of the month. Oh, well, that's going to affect my lovemaking. It's going to affect everything. <laughs> you ever try to type with longer nails than you normally like? This is horrible. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, since we like choices, option three. Option three is to work with Ray uh, to design our new NFT. And Ray will have complete creative control over what you have to do for whatever images or videos that she wants. Oh. What? 
Oh god. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I'm going to I'm going to pick the one that doesn't make my fingers slicey knife blades. <laughs> Oh man, I thought that would be a great one too. I mean, I'll I'll pick at the end, but you can take yeah. a guess where my mind's headed. <laughs> wow! All right, well there you have it, folks. Uh, <laughs> we'll have a new bet at the end of the episode. But until then, I think uh, might be time to talk about some news. All right. Dow drops deep on moving inflation, COVID frustration, war damnation. We're just bringing you the fucking news. You gotta recognize the game if you don't wanna lose. We're just skipping to bulls trading information. Rioters raiding, insider trading, taxes are raising, bills on the hill. We got a crypto mill, no, they ain't growing weed. When the Fed speaks today, it's some shit we don't need. Sing it, man. Two bulls trading information. What? Two bulls trading information. I'm inclined to agree. Two bulls trading information. That is accurate. Very accurate. Well, should we leave off, lead off with something global? Uh, you have something in mind? Yes. The International Energy Agency says that it's gotten a bunch of its countries to release 60 million barrels of oil from reserve. Is that 60 million total or is that like 60 million over the course of a period of time or 60 million a day or, or what is it? it that's that's 60 million, 60 million barrels on top of what the U.S. has pledged. It's going to be it's going to total 120 million barrels over six months. OK, yeah. so what, what did we figure out that that actually came out to as far as like a uh, percentage of the month or the daily demand? The U.S. itself consumes 20 million barrels a day. Okay. So, oh, that's not just that. That's also on top of the amount that they uh, already pledged to release last month. Yeah, yeah, they they've upped it. Wow. So, why is uh why is gas prices still uh, you know, the same as what they were when oil was $120 a barrel? Golly, Kyle, you'd have to ask ExxonMobil and their crushing profits this quarter. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> so, what's the impact of this? The impact is it gives Russia less power to use its oil as a bargaining chip. And see, I think this is why um, the U.S. had been producing so much more oil in the past, or at least in the last decade. Like, if you really want to hurt Russia, like, or any of the oil produce, like countries that rely on oil is like their main export. If you can lower the global demand for it, then uh, you're really going to put a hurting on some of these some of these other uh, uh, countries that maybe we we'd like to keep in check. I guess is the word. Yeah, doesn't doesn't come at a good time for Russia because it does more than keep them in in check at the moment. There's, there's more bad news for Russia. <laughs> I don't know if you saw, but Russia is actually like really close to to default at this point. And I think we talked about that with somebody. Not too long ago, didn't we? Um, Eric Mason, I think. Yeah, we were we were talking about it as they had gotten downgraded a step closer to default, and we were talking about how much a default would just really bust things up. Uh, yeah, the sanctions expert told Newsweek that the first Russian foreign debt default for more than a century has become more likely after the U.S. Treasury blocked Moscow from using frozen dollars in American banks. Oof. So that stopped Russia from being able to pay its sovereign debt holders using the four hundred or six hundred million dollars of reserves it holds with American institutions. Andrew Jacobson, a sanctions attorney at Seward and Kissel in New York City, uh, said that the architects of the sanction policy are smart and they know how the capital markets works. It seems they found a fairly clear targets. Certainly escalates the possibility of a default. I saw a video clip of some German dude in the German parliament claiming that none of the sanctions were doing any good. I'm not sure. I mean, they may not do anything immediately, but I mean, uh, this is starting to look pretty dire for for Russia. I agree. (laughs) So let's see. Treasury Department had allowed Moscow to make coupon payments on dollar-denominated sovereign debt on a case-by-case basis. But with one of the largest payments coming due, which is a $552 million payment on a maturing bond, the Treasury stopped J.P. Morgan Chase from processing the payments as a correspondent bank. Moscow now has a 30-day grace period to make the payment, while some external Russian government bonds allow the payments of interest in rubles. Instead of U.S. dollars or euros, Moscow's threat to pay all externally owed interest in its own currency is risky. 
Uh, if they were to do that, uh, David Gulley says, uh, this would constitute default on bonds not permitted to pay interest in rubles. Oh, it would violate the contract of the bond. Right. <laughs> Damn. So the Kremlin kind of says that uh, if there is a default, it would be artificial because they have the ability to pay in dollars. They just cannot access them. But yeah, that's that's what a sanction is. That's kind of the point, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm not broke. I have money. I'm just not allowed to use it. Right. I can go swimming whenever I want. My mom's pool's <laughs> just behind that wall. The way she would lock me out. Right. Don't don't invade countries and kill a bunch of motherfuckers, right? Yeah. Don't be dicks, Russia. Well, there are con- consequences for, for actions. Uh I'm I'm behind the sanctions. I just say keep hitting them. Mm-hmm. Keep hitting them. Yeah. Come out and say that we created Ukraine. They wouldn't exist without us. And so we're taking back our creation. Right. Okay. Fuck you, Russia. Well, and it doesn't come at, at a good time uh, it, when when you take the whole global economy into account. According to the head of the Bank for International Settlements, which is known mm. as the Central Bank of Banks, the Central Bank of Banks, <laughs> Augustine Carstens, he's now uh, coming out and saying the world economy is on the brink of a new inflationary era. Persistently higher growth in consumer prices due to the retreat of globalization uh, is not making things look rosy on the brink as opposed to smack dab in the middle of it. Yeah. Like what has inflation been doing? <laughs> yeah. And an era is a long time frame. Uh, yeah. That's like millions of years, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> well, scientifically, yes. <laughs> <laughs> right. We're going to cost you $3 billion for a loaf of bread in 2 million years. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So he gave a speech saying higher borrowing costs could be required for several years to curb the risk of spiraling prices that uh, they're going to bust up the economies all over the world, uh, the industrial world. Mm-hmm. Um, now, other es- other experts are disputing that and uh, warn that uh, high inflation will probably choke consumer spending and economic growth. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we've got data showing inflation going up all over the world and i can't imagine russia's you know what i mean like if everybody's hurting and then russia's Mm -hmm. already got sanctioned this could really have generational negative effects on the russian people already Uh, at at least uh, as far as like the global markets uh stand um from what we're talking with eric mason like most of russia's already out of like the, the global market like they're pretty much still dealing with sanctions from the last time they tried to invade a country yeah meaning that most of their trade partners are china and probably north korea and whoever else hates us <laughs> i guess the the bank of, bank of england is estimating inflation's going to fall next year i mean it can only uh, go so high right right see that's why that's why uh, i love with the oil story like we mm-hmm. after after talking to the Jonathan Baird, we know that there's a much more direct correlation between the price of oil and, and inflation. Right, and that's probably why everyone's trying so hard to to ease that. Right to release that oil. Right. Did we talk about the? Did they have anything to say about the Fed's decision to uh, start reducing the balance sheet? Because that's another big deal. Um, not in that article. I guess the Fed didn't actually say like when or have any sort of real plan. I think they just. Uh, I think it was just saying that uh, the coming as soon as the May meeting, they're planning on starting to reduce those assets. I didn't really said how they're planning on doing that yet, but uh, to couple that with the uh, the rate hikes that they're also proposing, like continued fifty point basis, uh, continuing fifty basis point rate hikes, and to reduce the balance sheet, like. Uh, if mm. I was concerned about a recession, that's the kind of things that I hear that make me think there's reasons to be worried. There are reasons to be worried. One of the other stories I had was the, the Deutsche Bank was the first to come out and, and say they think that there's a recession imminent. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and that as they get more aggressive with the, the policies, the interest rates and the reducing the balance sheet, it's, it's just going to make it worse. To quote Deutsche Bank economists, it's it's not clear that price stability is likely to be, only be achieved through a restrictive monetary policy stance that meaningfully dents demand, and that's the recipe for recession. Mm-hmm. Uh, because they don't need to just tap the brakes; they really need to slow shit down. To, to you know, <laughs> they gotta they gotta rapidly shrink that balance sheet as they're raising those interest rates. Yeah, the combination of the two, I think, is what's got. Oh, I can never say the guy's name. L. Arian. Mohammed El Arian, the uh, mm. economist that everyone loves to talk about, 
or one of the top economists, I guess you could say. Yes. Yeah, he was warning that uh, this is uh, not just any rate hiking cycle. The economy's grown too accustomed to easy money conditions, and if the Fed makes policy error, the U.S. could sink into a recession, echoing some previous warnings that he had already uh, made uh, earlier in the year. Yeah. I think we talked about him specifically uh, criticizing the Fed. Uh, he was one of the first people to come out and be like, what the fuck are you guys talking about with this uh, transitory inflation? Yeah. <laughs> and then he was criticizing their retinence to to act sooner. The Fed's doing a really good job of making this guy look really smart. Right. Well, I think I think like even Moody's analytics is now saying a one in three chance of the recession in the next year. Like it's it's really like at what point? Because we we've been talking about you know this since we started the show. How there's always somebody out there saying it's about to crash. Yeah. The next crash is coming. You always have somebody out there talking about it, writing about it, but. This is the first time since we've been doing the show, since I've been following stocks, where I feel like everybody's in agreement. <laughs> Shit is not rosy. Well, the thing is, too, when that ha- like when everybody thinks something's going to happen, like that's not what happens. Too many people are trying to trade based on that thesis, right? Yeah. And when that happens, that uh, the market tends to fleece those kinds of scenarios, from what I understand. That's what. Uh, yeah, I've been I've been hearing that. I've been hearing that. <laughs> if too many people are loading up for the downside, then uh, I think what we're going to end up seeing is a rally that's going to continue until everybody finally believes in it. And then, <laughs> then that's when the bottom drops out. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You're waiting for peak, peak greed. Right. And the, the, the fear's too high. Everybody's afraid right now, but I don't think that that fear is what's going to lead things to decline. I think that uh, once people suddenly stop being afraid and start to think, okay, things aren't so bad, then. You know, I've got a, a separate premise, and that is the, the fear level people are at now, we think they're afraid, but we haven't seen fear. Like, there's going to be a paradigm shift of what fear really means in the next coming months. Something's going uh. to happen, <laughs> and it's going to be, wow, total panic. That moment is going to be when the markets are dropping, you know, 10% in a day. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I just think the headwinds of, of the setup with the Fed, like the corner they painted themselves in, where now they're raising mm-hmm. rates and reducing that balance sheet. Like the thing that made that S&P 500 angle so high is that constant support, that constant right. buying in the market. And now that's the other way. And then now to not just take away that constant injection of liquidity. Now you're also going to be start flooding it with you reverse the f- hose. Assets. Yeah. <laughs> it's an, it's inevitable. If it, if it worked going up, it's inevitable. It's going to work going down. You would think there, there, I don't, I don't see how they can inject this liquidity back into the market and not cause assets to drop in price. It's just simple supply and demand. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess really the, the key is going to be that, like the actual plan to start unwinding that, like how how aggressive are they going to be with shrinking that balance sheet, and when are they going to start? And like that's the kind of stuff that we need to know. Yeah, you think that they would do it something like, oh well, bonds are up today, so we'll sell off some bonds. Oh look, these equities are up today, sell them off. I have no idea how it works, to be honest with you. I feel like maybe we should give George a call and see if he can come in and explain it to us. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, George right. would have a very informed opinion on that. He would. <laughs> <laughs> do we know somebody who might know the answer to these questions? Hmm. That's the yeah. Nice thing about it. you do a show long enough, you meet enough smart people that hopefully you can rely on to make yourself look smart. Yes, <laughs> that's what I'm here for, Kyle. Make you look smart. Yeah. Right. <laughs> oh, should we move on? Oh, I got I got one last I got one last news story. Okay. You'll all be shocked, everybody. I know you're shocked right now to hear that the ban on stock trading by lawmakers is kind of stalling out in the House. What? I know. I specifically didn't read this because I wanted to take your quiz and see if I can name somebody. <laughs> yes, I, I posted this story in the Discord saying uh, you know, several lawmakers have publicly spoken out against uh, banning stock trading by lawmakers. And uh, can you guess? Which ones? Guess one of the ones quoted in this article. I mean, I would start with probably Nancy Pelosi because I think that she seems to make uh, she seems to make quite a lot of trades. She's the poster child because of her husband's trading that uh, you know, people started noticing for sure, for sure. But she uh, she was she's not actually against okay. it. Okay. How about uh, let's say Austin Scott? 
Maybe uh, Brian Mast, French Hill, John Curtis. Any of those? Nope. Okay, so those are all the Republican top members to beat the S and P in twenty one. Let's uh, let's look at the Democrats. Uh, Peter Welch, uh, Debbie Dingle, you just, Jim. You really gonna Lengeven. just go down the list till you get to one? <laughs> I figured it'd be some of the people who made the most in the previous uh, previous year. You are right because the Democrats are writing the bill. The Republicans are got to be against it. We've talked about that before. That's just where American politics is this day these days. Well, I have to assume there's some uh, Democrats that also don't want that to happen, but well, Pelosi <laughs> had to had to, Pelosi had to be convinced. She right. was against it, and then her caucus Shocking. had to raise yeah. a storm and be like, so it's fine, whatever. Because uh, yeah. you know, they've already made their money. She's old. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Actually, that's a good point. Maybe it should be the newer like people at the bottom of the list, like Kathy Castor or William Keating. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll tell you the three quoted in the article. Okay. It was right. Mike Crapo, or I mean, I want to say Crapo, but I'll, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. Mike, Mike Crapo, <laughs> uh, Roy Blunt, and uh, Mitt Romney. Uh, Crapo pointed out, we passed the Stock Act in 2012 that prohibits lawmakers from using non-public information gained from their positions for personal benefit. Uh, Roy Blunt is quoted saying, I'm not going to make it harder for people to surf. <laughs> Which, I mean, I may be reading into it, but it, it, that feels yeah. like, look, if you can't make some extra bucks, everyone knows <laughs> that the only reason to do this is not for the paycheck they give us, but for the insider information. Yeah, right. Exactly. Uh, uh, <laughs> And Mitt Romney said uh, it, it would be too difficult to implement it would, and be meaningless unless it included spouses, which would be patently unfair mm. from banning a spouse from being able to trade stocks. Right. So don't expect a ban on lawmaker trading anytime soon. It may be worth looking into one of those sites that posts lawmakers trades. Yep. Like quant data. Yeah. yeah. Or you can follow unusual whales. They like to uh, point all that stuff out, too. Oh yeah, I love unusual whales. I gotta, I gotta see where I can look that up. Uh, just on their Twitter, just follow them on there. They post oh, there stuff go. regularly about how well some of the trades that people in, in Congress are making. Right, but I want to know the trade when they make. Right. <laughs> Where's that order flow kit? Uh, I'm not sure that that's uh, available to people like us. I think you might have to get into Congress. Hey, you know who we should probably try and get into Congress? Who's that? Two Bulls in a China Shop oh, is proudly it. brought to you by Sue Pullen at <laughs> Fairway Independent Mortgage and Equal Housing Lender. Sue Pullen is a certified mortgage advisor who focuses on finding the right product for you and your needs. She's got over 20 years experience helping thousands of homeowners, whether it's purchasing, refinancing, or even a reverse mortgage. Sue will help. She's licensed in 27 states, so reach out and see what Sue can do for you. Best way to reach her is just give her a call at 520-977-7904. Or you can send her an email, spullen at fairwaymc.com. Fairway Independent Mortgage has an MLS number 2289. Sue Pullen has an MLS number 206048. That email again is spullen at fairwaymc.com. And that phone number is 520-977-7904. While you were uh, doing that bit, uh, I did message George to get his feedback on what would happen when the Fed starts pulling liquidity out of the markets. Uh, This is what he said. He said that, Trade Pro Academy is proud to have Two Bulls as a China shop as their affiliate. He says that they have an educational platform that offers institutional trader development programs to new and experienced independent traders, meaning that you can learn to trade like the big institutions. So they've got a highly uh, great staff of highly knowledgeable and successful traders that can answer questions like that anytime that you want once you become part of their community. Oh, yeah. He said there's no better place uh, to learn all that you need to know to be a successful trader and that you can find them online at tradeproacademy.com or you can just use the Two Bulls affiliate link in the episode description as it's a great way to support the show and improve your own knowledge and skills. He did not mention the discount that you can get by joining our Discord. Don't think he's aware of that yet still. So nobody tell him. Yeah. <laughs> Top secret. <laughs> oh, well, I, uh, I'm, I'm proud and pleased and paradoxically pleasured to continue <laughs> to continue, <clears throat> continue being associated with order flow labs the awesome flair and leo we've we've had them in the shop a few times they shared their toolkit with us for trading futures on cr charts and now ninja trader uh they just have mm-hmm. some amazing custom studies for structure and execution uh buy sell zones exhaustion absorption detectors the reconstructed tape uh, liquidity zones pivots uh got something for everybody they're constantly adding and testing new studies they offer 
more support than uh, I see at most companies. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. Helping use their tools on the discord. They got a ton of video streams. Uh, if you're trading futures, you really do yourself a favor. Check them out at orderflowlabs.com. Uh, the, also, today, the day we're recording this, Friday, is the day of that Ninja Trader drop. Uh, so to celebrate that, they are doing a really sweet discount, uh, 35% off the first month for anybody who joins this weekend. Yeah. And you'll also be entered into a drawing to win six months of free Orderflow Labs. There will be a link to their website in the episode description if you want to check that out. Uh, other thing, too, uh, I got to reach out to them. I've got a proposal drafted up, and we're trying to get together a monthly recurring segment with them. So uh, stay tuned for news on that once we get the, everything sorted out and agreed to. Yeah, it'd be like a monthly futures episode? Uh, that's kind of what I'm hoping for. I got to send the proposal over to them, see what they think. Uh, I don't want to give away too many details until we actually, you know, get something together. But we are trying to put together something to, to, to do with them on a monthly basis. Sounds good to me. I recently got the uh, futures order flow on TradingView so I can use it to help inform my right. my spy trading. And so, like, I I still have levels and I'm still watching it all day right along with mm-hmm. you. Right. It's it's so helpful. Yeah. I mean, I, I was I assume you're seeing now how much the. Learning the futures markets has helped you with the spy trading. Oh, everything. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. it's just like a focused class on one fucking ETF, right? Right. Ah, should we move on to the next segment? All right. Well, let's talk about some stocks. All right. Stock time. Now let's talk about stock time. Looking for setups and still not advice. Big moves, fresh news, and earnings. All that we're saying is still not advice. Stop Take that, lawyers. All right. Yes. Normally we would be talking about stocks, but I think we both have some personal journey stuff to talk about this week. Yeah, I thought it'd be nice to kind of uh, take a moment to talk about some of the struggles that I was having this week that you kind of helped me through. So coming out of Thursday, like I was just really down on myself. I had a tough week all this week, but uh, I just like it started out like I was really excited. I uh, had some new strategies I was testing out on futures. Um, I came in with the plan that I was going to start on sim and earn my chance to be on live. And just it seemed like every trade I made on sim was like an instant winner. And every trade I made alive was just an instant loss. Mm. And then couple that with just not really hitting the the options plays like I was doing, you know, the previous month. Like, it's just kind of getting me really down on myself, having a bit of a confidence issue. But, man, uh, having the conversation with you that Thursday afternoon, like, I think really helped pull me out of that. Oh, awesome. I'm I'm really glad because I was, I was trying to be a good accountability buddy. Yeah, and that, I think that's kind of what I wanted to speak to to everyone out there. If you don't have somebody that you can talk to, like, that's that's kind of huge can't rely i can't talk to my wife about that kind of stuff because she doesn't understand a lot of what i was doing like you you know every trade i make basically every day so you can go look through my body of work and be like well you shouldn't be down on yourself look at this look at this look at this yeah yeah (laughs) right absolutely and and a lot of times I, i mean probably half of what i said on thursday I was remembering things you've said to me. Right. You just needed to hear it at that time, at moment in time. It wasn't in your head. Yeah. And just, uh, I mean, because you've been through kind of the similar issues too. So you're able to tell me about some experiences that you went through and what helped you, like with the, the conversations you had with Rich Friesen and, mm-hmm. and and the sabotages you thought your psychology was, was doing to you. I mean, I don't think that they necessarily were the same issues, but it also was able to key me in to start looking at certain aspects. Yeah, it's it's crazy how we as as human beings can subconsciously keep ourselves out of certain situations mm-hmm. without even realizing it. Yeah, and I think uh, like the biggest one I've been struggling with lately is hesitation. And I'm still trying to figure out a way to get through that, but at least I've got some ideas on where to start. Yeah. But if anybody doesn't have that, if uh, feel free to join our Discord, man. Well, if you don't feel comfortable, like we said, messaging that and like out in the open for everyone to hear, you can DM us. Either one of us will be more than happy to to take a moment and talk it through. Oh yeah, help you out when you're feeling down because everybody needs that person. If you don't have it, come find it with us. Yeah, especially that Discord voice channel. It's <laughs> right. it's, it's getting more use these days than just you and me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that the voice channel is for everybody. By the way. 
Yeah, anybody can hop on there if you have the opportunity. Yep, 100%. So you said you had some personal growth stuff. What was yours? Well, I did really good. I journaled every fucking day. And so I was able to see what I did wrong, what I did right. Mm -hmm. Mostly, I've been just on point every day going through the same process in the morning, picking to to pick my sentiment bearish or bullish, Mm -hmm. and then picking my levels and saying, these are the levels I want to enter at. And I, I did, I was up for the week, three out of five days, mm-hmm. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. I had, I had some, uh, some old habits creep in, but I can see it in my logs and journals. Like exactly. Uh, I'm guessing that was today. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I, I stepped away from the computer for a while and I came back and saw the trade dog. I was like, Oh <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, you know, you know what happened to me today? Uh, well, no, I'm going to talk about the good, bad and the ugly. Okay. I want to save it for there. Uh, yeah, uh, fair enough. yeah, yeah. And uh, I definitely you know, got a string of red losses on my options log now. But, it, it, you know, I'm still up for the week on the spy trading. And I'm able in like, like George said, like you go back in your journal for the week, like you, you know where you fucked up. Like it, <laughs> right. you're journaling, right? <laughs> if you're journaling, right, you fucking know it's right there in front of you on the paper. Yeah. And, and I did a, I did a similar thing on Monday and Friday. So I know, I know what I did. And, and, uh, the crazy thing is, is like last weekend I had been reading about Nick Leeson. Oh yeah. Uh, say, <laughs> who single-handedly crashed a bank in the 90s. <laughs> he was uh, shorting the Japanese yen, and he was getting in over his head, and he kept shorting it harder and putting on more risk and more mm. risk. And I had that guy in my head, and I fucking did it twice mm. this week. But but by journaling and by having a, 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 a well-spelt-out system and plan, mm-hmm. I I now know what my challenge is for next week, right? Mm-hmm. I know exactly what I need to do to be to to have that edge, and that's I I, I feel really I feel like I can, inside I can feel like the growth to be getting here, and and hopefully people listening can can use that information to help themselves grow because it's it's all about the, the self once once you figure out the numbers part. I know you, you can't stress that enough. Like, uh, how many people did Rich say that if you take away, like, their shit trades, like, are already profitable? Mm-hmm. Like you said, like, you journal, you could see right there, like, okay, well, if I didn't do these, how how good would your week have been? It, oh, it would have been amazing, Kyle. Right. It would have been amazing. And and I'll tell you, uh, yeah, I want to get to the, the conclusions, though, the good, the bad, and the ugly. We'll, we'll say okay. that. Uh, let's, you got, well, we you got, got anything else? I got a couple stocks we can talk about. Okay. To wrap this up, and then we can move on to some crypto. Okay. Uh, I think you had one you want to look at too, right? Uh, a stock? Yes. Yes, I've got one we can look at. Let's start with Target. I tried to get a vertical put spread on Target before the close, but uh, never quite. It came down off of that 236, 237 resistance level too quickly for me to get filled, so I didn't quite get it. But got a really nice doji or spinning top uh, printed today. Uh, right at another support at 233. I think what led to the the sudden renewed interest in the last couple of days was actually just an upgrade. Um, but I did see that Costco had been running really nicely too. So I don't know if all these names are running together. But I like this for a pullback back to 223. Okay. So I was hoping to try to grab it, uh, you know, at that 237 for the drop back down to that retest level and then look to see what happens there, see if, uh, you know, this shorter term bullish trend that we're kind of in now continues. I mean, we're kind of range bound between what 230 and 206 since it came off of the lows on the 24th. It did break up above that, so maybe, you know, closer to 226 is a better target, but I'm not sure I think that this is going to continue running. But I've learned not to think and <laughs> trade what the chart gives me. Like cuz it still looks bullish on the weekly. Yeah. But I see your I see your premise on the daily. That huge volume on Friday with that doji candle makes me think a pullback is coming. Now, I mean, it could rip from here. It also, the uh, that 237 resistance kind of lined up, too, with the 200-day EMA. So having the, the two of those levels, it just looked like a really good short area, which was good for about $3 today. I just wasn't quite quick enough to take advantage of it. Looking at the five-minute, I would have liked to see uh, more sell volume come in, but I like that double top it made. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming that's the exact moment you're talking about. 
the second time it got up to 236. I'll be watching this. Uh, if it does end up breaching 237 with strong volume, then obviously the put thesis, uh, the pullback to 220s, the mid 220s, 225 to 223 is invalidated. And you'd have to start looking for long opportunities at that point. But it's it's definitely one to watch on Monday to see what, what starts to happen with, with the volume. Yeah, for sure. Uh, what was the stock you wanted to look at? HPQ, Hewlett Packard. That sounds familiar. Wasn't that the one random picked when you picked it? Uh, yeah, I didn't believe you. <laughs> it happened. <laughs> it was announced this week that Warren Buffett bought a big stake of HPQ. Going to guess that was the seventh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it announced uh, the evening of the sixth because there's a huge gap from 35 up to 38. Yeah. It popped up above a line I had from when it was breaking in all-time highs. Yeah. At 38.69, popped Mm -hmm. up above it, and then it came today, and it came to rest at 38.63 with that lower volume. It's lower volume, but it's still higher than like the 10-day average. That's true. I would be looking for that one to hold or under at 37.90, definitely. If it if it dips down to thirty six seventy five area, which would be basically a gap fill, which from the last two days, yeah, it might come down fill that gap, but very bullish on this. It's got uh, that price to earnings ratio under seven that Warren Buffett loves. Oh, and that's why he's buying them. I haven't heard anything about fundamentals in a long time. I know, right? <laughs> One thing that makes me think that gap fill is more likely is looking at these last. Uh, three candles up near that top near that $40 level when it's poked up above there's been some pretty solid rejection like those are some long wicks yeah the last two candles for sure and even maybe the one on the uh, 30th mm-hmm. so sellers are definitely rejecting this area pretty hard right people are people are taking profit yeah i got the the support drawn at 3930 up there yeah i think i had mine above i think I must have looked at it after you did because i had the Mine drawn at the double top back in, uh, was that January? Yeah, the first time it was at all-time highs, and we were talking about it. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, I I think I think it's just that uh, those fundamentals and Warren Buffett moving on it, now it's on people's radar. Mm-hmm. Happened with Kroger, man. I think it's going to happen with HP. <laughs> That's a good point. You do pretty well just following Buffett's uh, portfolio. Yeah. I think he had Union Pacific that did fucking phenomenal a few years ago, too. Did we talk about Elon Musk buying a stake in Twitter? Oh, no. Uh, last week, or did that happen this week? I think that happened this week. Yeah, I feel like we kind of have to mention that. Yeah. Elon Musk took out uh, almost 10% stake in Twitter, and then uh, the next day ended up getting a board seat. Funny how that happens. <laughs> <laughs> There's another one that has a big gap. I it must have been, yeah, that was Monday. So that must have been uh, Monday pre-market. We're looking at Twitter? Yeah, TWTR. I had a line, a retest line that I was waiting to hit uh, to try to pick up some puts. And I think I ended up missing it on Tuesday, uh, right around $55. With all that renewed interest after Musk joining up, uh, it's starting to bleed off now. It's kind of like a, almost acts like a meme stock, I think. I think we'll see that deflate back down to the $40 support level between 40 and 39. So I like this one to fill that. uh, That's a big gap too. That's about seven dollars on a forty-five dollar stock. Oh yeah, you get it. Get get sixty days on it. I was eyeing them at the close, and I think I held off just because of the buy volume that was coming in on the five-minute chart at the end of the day today. Mm. I think I would like to see it try to retest uh, around forty-eight to forty-nine again before I jump on and see what kind of reaction we get there. Okay. Because uh, right now it's kind of in the middle of two support zones where I've got it, so I'll just wait for either forty-four half to fail or retest of 48 half i kind of like 47 75 better but you know tomato tomato Uh, i mean yeah you can make a case for either of those but yeah regardless it's still like you said in the in the in between zone don't diddle in the middle right don't diddle in the middle (laughs) all right dan i've been jabbering too much you want to lead us into the next segment all right let's talk about some crypto Sushi, polka dot, NFT. 
So a guy named Vitalik Buterin. I don't know if that's... Butterin? Isn't that a house in Harry Potter? <laughs> the, <laughs> the house of Butterin? The, the buttery house. Yeah. <laughs> they make great pastries. Uh, they make the butter beer. They make the butter beer. There you go. There you go. <laughs> He's, uh, he just made about $5 million worth of donations to Ukraine in Ethereum. Oh, did he do that with, uh, without the promise of an NFT? Correct. Good for him. Yeah. <laughs> he did it and he didn't do it he didn't like publicly and not make an announcement other people tracked it down to his service domain name right so you know good on good on him actually putting putting some money in of his own right uh, puts uh ukraine up to 133 million dollars in in crypto donations since they started taking them what are they using that money for this article didn't say. I thought. I thought the other article we said we we saw said it was like for food and medicine and weapons, whatever they need. I would hope it's more for the people and less for the. Oh, it has to be food and medicine because if okay. it's for arms, it becomes like people who send the crypto can be on the hook for like arms dealing or some shit. Oh God, some 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 <laughs> stupid. That's ridiculous. Yeah, sending money like to somebody specifically to like buy weapons overseas is right. I'm pretty sure is against the law. I could be wrong. Probably. That sounds <laughs> it, like something that people would. <laughs> it sounds like the exact reason why Look, Yellen doesn't like cryptocurrency. <laughs> starving soldiers all over the world need bullets, and you can donate $3 a month. <laughs> Just 50 cents a day. 50 cents you a day. Can, you can symbolically adopt this AK-47. <laughs> You're right. And right. keep it fed. Keep it fed. Oh, that's awful. Oh, <laughs> God damn it. How'd we get here again? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, I, because I do, for, for the record, support Ukraine and anything to help them is good in my book. Yeah. I would just prefer to see those donations go into humanitarian efforts, which it sounds like they are. Yeah. There's no shortage of need. All right. I think it's about time to hit the old dusty trail. Let me just put on my hat. Ah, God. Got me. Bastard. Shoot you and you're fucking off. Okay, well. <laughs> trying, to- <laughs> trying to saddle my horse, yeah. son of a bitch. Yeah, whenever I'm not looking. Fire when away. When you're quietly reaching for your gun, trying to distract me with hats. <laughs> <laughs> what? What are you talking about? Yeah. So my my good for the week is is definitely being consistent every day and going out and hitting the charts and developing my bearish or bullish, what I think of it is, is like the undercurrent. Mm-hmm. Obviously, there's going to be moves back and forth all through the day. Right. But uh, uh, I want to find, like, what's the general flow of this ocean? Right. And I did that consistently every day, and I traded with an edge, and it worked three out of five. Mm-hmm. That that was that was definitely, hands down, my good idea. I journaled it. I logged it. I set everything up to start doing the Twitch stream. And and I am going to get on that because help keep me honest. Everything's just on, there on the video. We'll be posting them to the YouTube when they're, I'm done streaming them. But uh, yeah, I'm and, and I'm feeling really really positive about this uh, this risk management setup. Nice. Yeah. My good was my discipline. I actually stopped trading when I was feeling off my game. Yeah, that's big. There's a tendency to want to just trade yourself out of <laughs> low confidence, but. I, I have not had success doing that. <laughs> that's a recipe for disaster right there. <laughs> right. So, yeah, after I was having my uh, issues on Thursday, I pretty much put the kibosh on everything, went back to Sim, uh, worked through some of my issues on that, uh, and then I just fucking crushed it on Sim, of course. But the, the value of that was, that, I mean, I was able to prove to myself, like, look, I know what I need to do. Mm-hmm. I know I have the tools and the knowledge to be successful. Now I just need to get to that gray matter that's, you know, holding everything back and figure out what the issue is there. Yeah. But that seems to be the main hurdle that most people have trouble getting past. So. Yes. Well, hey, you're there. You're at the you're at the gate. Yeah. On the other side is, is the freedom. I, I like to say, too, I think being aware of an issue, even if you're still doing it, like just being aware of it puts you a step ahead of most people. Oh yeah, that's why the the journaling is such a big deal. What was uh, so so? What was your bad? My now my ugly may surprise you. We'll get to it. Oh, my bad. I already hinted at. I'm just saying there's something worse than this. Oh, Monday and Friday over trading. 
Yeah. And I have identified the problem. And the problem was I did all this work for this edge, right? So I'm going to use it. Right. And the first time it didn't work, I got frustrated and revenge traded. Right. All day. Mm. And that's just it. The thing is, it's an edge. It's not a crystal ball. Right. So if if I get stopped out at even or, or you know, uh, five bucks, you know, just above even, like I need to be like, okay, this edge isn't on today and, 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 and be done with it. Mm-hmm. Not lean into it and be like, oh, no, the edge will work. I just had a bad timing on that level. <laughs> right. <laughs> the next level. I'll, I'll short the next level. Oh, fuck, these right. bulls really have it. <laughs> I'll short the next level. Yeah, and it's like, yep. what the fuck are you doing, Dan? <laughs> Today's not your day. The edge didn't work today. It'll be tomorrow. Always another trade tomorrow. Close up the shop and uh, come back the next day. Yeah, when things are different. Mm-hmm. Exactly. What, what was uh, what was your your bad? Oh, it was obviously the trading I did on futures on Thursday. Ooh. I don't think the trades themselves were necessarily terrible. Um, looking back at the actual trades I made, I kind of liked most of them. I think there was one that maybe didn't follow structure. You know, I think I I had one where I was like, "What the fuck was I thinking here?" But the uh, the other two that end up taking losses, like we're following like the plan that I put together and what I was, you know, trying to do just yeah. wasn't working that day. So, you know, that sucks, but you know, sometimes it's going to happen. You just got to, like we said earlier, close up the shop and come back another day, come back the next day. And really, I probably should have taken the rest of the week off after what I was dealing with, but I couldn't help myself. I had to at least try to take one on Friday. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> I got bills to pay. <laughs> Can't be a professional trader if I'm not trading. I know, right? Yeah, well, guess what? You know, another way to make money is to not lose it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's the that's the one that people don't ever think about. Yeah, if you're a fucking basketball player and you've injured your knee, you know you're not going to perform to your top level, right? Right. It's weird because just our state of mind is the injured knee. Yeah. Like being able to identify like, I got a fucking injured knee right now. I can't go out and fucking dunk it. A hundred percent agree with that. Yeah. So what was this ugly? Oh, okay. Well, Nick Leeson, my namesake. <laughs> <laughs> Did you reach out to him for an interview yet? Uh, I should. Oh God. Yeah. That'd be good. I'm going yeah. to write that down. I'd love to talk to the guy that, <laughs> uh, that crashed a bank. <laughs> yes. Tuesday. I put more risk on than my risk manager allowed for. Oh. And that was the day after I had been piling it on and took heavy losses. Right. Now, I I won, I won big on, on Tuesday. If you look at the Discord, it's the day where I spread out my fills for my take profits. And they, within like 10 minutes, they all just ding, 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 ding. <laughs> right. But I had six contracts and I only had allotted the risk for two of those. Oh, so even though I made money, uh, when I have that conference at the end of the week where the executive is talking with the risk manager and the stock analyst and the executor, mm-hmm. he's saying, what the fuck happened Tuesday? Like, wh- yeah, we know we know you fucked up Monday and Friday, but like Tuesday doesn't count as a win. That's something that I hear George talk about quite often when uh he talks about like trying to get to, to be like funded as a trader for like a prop firm. Yeah. Like they're not going to take the guy that, you know, made a hundred thousand percent in a year over the guy who makes consistently 10%, but has good risk management. They're going to want to look and see when they look through your trade books, they're going to look to see what your risk management strategy is more so with more of a, they're going to look at that more than they're going to look at the returns. Oh, for sure. For sure. So yeah, this one worked out for you this time, but this time, but I let uh, an off process bad thing carry over into another day. Right. And that's, that's, that's what made it ugly. The good thing you did though, is I think you sized down the next day, didn't you? I did. I did. And I wish I hadn't because if I'd been trading the three contracts and I would have really <laughs> cleaned up again, but that's okay. No, but you had to, you had to though. That was, well, what I decided going forward is if I'm just making, you know, I'm, I'm going for one trade a day, mm-hmm. right? I'm going to, I'm, yeah. I'm scalping this spy. Okay. If, if I, no matter how big I win the day before, I need to just be making the same trade. I'm not risking up. I'm not risking down. I'm just making the same trades and letting the edge and the statistics do its work. Play out. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I decided. Because because I'm I'm limiting myself to one trade, I can I can go ahead and do that. Right. If I wasn't 
I totally agree with you. Uh, uh, scale down, let it cool off. Right. But you know, the edge guiding, guiding the decision. So the edge and the levels and, uh, did you do anything ugly? Oh, well, obviously is the, the loss of confidence that precluded everything. That's yeah. a f- tough one to get out of. Helps to have a hall of fame log though. Oh yeah. Oh, for sure. For sure. But is that, that's not like you didn't do a thing to lose that confidence. Did you? Uh, I don't think I necessarily did anything. I think it was just, it doesn't matter. I mean, what matters is like, I was feeling like shit and mm. it was really affecting my trading. Yeah. And I didn't like, I don't think I, I could have stopped a lot sooner. Oh, okay. I not taking any I trades see. today. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like when you got something like that going on, like, yeah, I should have been a little more active with putting the stop on it for the rest of the week. And plus the, like that kind of thing also kind of carries over into everything else in your day to day life. And that's, that just makes it ugly all around. It's true. Like we do this so we don't have to deal with the other work stresses. <laughs> now we're going to commit all this time to trading and still have all those stresses that we take home with us. Like, mm. No, we need to not do that. Right. 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 <laughs> no, thank you. All right. Time for a bet. Okay, well, you get to go first. Oh, uh, well, I've got two choices. I got I can either short Twitter or I can short Target. I know which one I would tell you as your friend telling you and which one I would tell you as your nemesis trying to beat you. I'm guessing the nemesis doesn't want me to short Twitter. Correct. <laughs> Are you saying that or to try to trick me into going the... Oh, the mind games. It's only a week into this. The mind games. <laughs> no, I think I got to go with Twitter. You're short in Twitter? Yep. Final answer. I think so. I think we're going to short Twitter, but I think we're uh, we're only going to go with half size to start with. Uh, I think I want to save the other half to short again if it or to jump in if it uh, hits forty eight dollars a share. I actually do think that's the better one to short. Yeah, I do too. Looking at the target weekly candles. I'm trying to think if I want to stop. I mean, this month's already pretty much lost. A stop at fifty five seems a bit ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what does that come out to in percentage? Yeah, that's like a 20% stop. Yeah. <laughs> I think we put our stop at, uh, let's see, probably, let's say 50 half. And then if it hits 55, then we'll jump back in again. Okay. Take profit? Uh, 40. 40? Yeah. Not 41? Uh, 41. Okay. You're right. I mean, you're looking at about 10%. That's... Yeah, more likely to hit than 40. Okay. All right. So, I mean, part of me really wants to go USFR, the Wisdom Tree Floating Rate Treasury Fund. Oh, yeah. Because it doesn't move. (laughs) It's your bet pick, man. You can do whatever you want. Just know that if I hit a home run, that things can get really interesting. It stayed in a 20 cent range for the last two years. (laughs) You're just going to kick that for the rest of the month? I'm currently over. 25 percent gain you're short in twitter it's got that big gap to fill yes it does okay all right hpq yeah yep going long yep all right stop going long 10 cents below your entry no 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 uh, <laughs> and trail it <laughs> let's say 36 40 36 40 take profit Take profit is going to be half at 41 half. And stop the break even, I'm assuming. Yeah. Let your 15% trail do its thing. All right. Ready for a random? Yep. All right. So we've got a NASDAQ and basic industries. Okay. Uh, that is interesting. Methanex Corporation. Is this a natural gas company? M-E-O-H. That is looking very bullish. Industrials. Shit. Yeah, it's a strong sector right now. Fuck. Yep, new 52-week highs over the past two weeks. Volume is dipping off, though. Yeah, look at the weekly. Um, where is my weekly? There it is. Oh, that is unclear. 
still looking <laughs> bullish. That cloud is holding. Yeah. And the, the, the volume's dropping off. So I think it's flagging on the weekly. Yeah. Well, there you have it. Methanex chemicals specialty. Okay, I've got a HBQ. Kyle is short Twitter. Random's got an industrial stock when industrials are doing quite well. All right, stay tuned uh, till next week, folks. We'll be back at you with those stunning bet results. Until then, we got a close up shop. And Dan has to make his choice. Oh, there's no choice. I'm doing the NFT uh-huh. thing. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. Reach out to Ray then. See what kind of video she wants from you. I absolutely will. Absolutely. Or music. Oh. 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 Now it's getting more more broad. I see. Well, it's whatever she wants. She's the artist. That's right. I'm making the NFT. You are the medium. (laughs) (laughs) She's the composer. I just got to play the instrument, right? There you go. There you go. All right, folks. Uh, Till next time. Happy trades. Bye. Two Bulls in a China Shop is an entertainment program, and all thoughts and opinions expressed in the show belong to the hosts and not of any company. They are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual or on any specific security or investment product. It is only intended to provide entertainment about stocks in the financial industry of trading. If you make trades based on what you hear in this show, you assume all risks for those trades.